At Total Wine & More, find the best gifts for everyone on your list, whether it's a Cabernet for sis or a single-barrel bourbon that dad will love. With the lowest prices for over 30 years, you'll always find what you love and love what you find. Only at Total Wine & More. Spirits not sold in Virginia and North Carolina. Drink responsibly. Be 21. Where can you find the best gifts at great low prices that everyone will love? At Total Wine & More, of course, with so many great bottles to choose from. Find something for everyone on your list, whether it's a Cabernet for your sis, sparkling wine for a coworker, or a single barrel bourbon for dad. And if you need any help, just ask one of their friendly guides for advice. With the lowest prices for over 30 years, you'll always find what you love and love what you find. Only at Total Wine & More. Spirits not sold in Virginia and North Carolina. Drink responsibly, B21. You reach for the top olive oils and invest in the best pans. But in the kitchen, how well do you care for your greatest tool, your hands? When mine take a beating cooking and cleaning, which is often, I use Bag Bomb to work its wonders on my poor, distressed skin. Created 125 years ago on a Vermont dairy farm, their soaps smell great and clean hands without stripping moisture, and their fast-absorbing lotion means I can quickly get back to cooking. Treat your hard-working hands to Bag Bomb, every chef's best friend. Use code FOOD52 for 20% off your order on bagbomb.com. Good through 2024. Sprecher root beer float. Float. Root beer float. Float. Sprecher root beer float. Brian. Mountain Dew sorbet. Moose track. Cookies and cream. Black raspberry chocolate chip. Choco taco. Bubble gum. <laughs> King cone. That's a flavor? Hi, and welcome to Burnt Toast from Food52.com, a podcast about what we all talk about around the stove, at the water cooler, in the office. It's what doesn't make it on the website, but what we're all talking about otherwise. I'm Kenzie Wilbur, the managing editor of Food52, and I'm here with our co-founder, Meryl Stubbs. Hi, Meryl. Hi, Kenzie. And our guests today are Doug Quinn and Brian Petroff of Big Gay Ice Cream. Doug is with us in the studio, and Brian is calling in from a hyperbaric chamber in California. One with a lot of sirens, apparently. <laughs> well, they had to rush in some new dolphins for me. I wasn't happy with the first bath. Oh, the dolphin tank is fixed again? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Hi. <laughs> Hello. So today we're going to talk about ice cream. Oh, God. I, I don't know. I, 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 I don't think... know anything about that. <laughs> <laughs> and I know Brian can't really join in on this part, but we, we brought in some of our favorite good humor ice cream treats, mm -hmm. the kind of stuff that you get at the corner truck, you know, circa fifth grade. Mm -hmm. Doug, do you want to sort of taste taste through some of these and, and, and tell us what we what we have here? Yeah, I'm going to start with the two that Brian can tell stories about okay. while I eat them. The first thing is a magnum bar, which is weeping on the plate here. Yeah, everything's quite melty. It's all a little bit sad. Brian, remember the first time we saw magnums? Yeah, and <laughs> I am I the only person that just doesn't get it? I mean, I get it, but I what don't, don't get you it. get? The obsession over magnums? I mean, to me, it's like going gaga over a, a dove piece of chocolate or something. I, you know, just because there's a a funny saying inside the label. You know, is I'm, there? The rapper. There is? Yeah, I didn't even know that. Sort of rap saying in in the dove wrappers. Dive into the trash. <laughs> right, right now, I'm dumpster diving. This isn't a regular Magnum either, is it? What what kind is it, Kenzie? It's got something in the middle. Um, this is a Magnum double. <laughs> you know, it's, oh my actually, gosh. it's really surprisingly good, honestly. these I know that these were really popular in England before they came here. That's what I was going to say. I remember really liking them in mm. England and then finding, as with many other things, I think, once you have the American version, yeah. it's not quite the same. It's kind of like Cadbury. Kind of like prawn potato chips. <laughs> That chocolate coating, I like it's how thick it is, thick. but it, it leaves a little bit of a weird powdery it's like, taste in it's my like mouth. It's like a little waxy, too. I don't know. I feel it 
I feel like um, somebody put confectioner's sugar in the back of my throat or something. Mm. But that That's might delightful. just be, you know, the consumption or whatever I have this week. If you were saying that you liked the one when you had it in London, you should know that the chocolate is different. Exactly. And, I think yeah, that's the point. That's, yeah. That that's why it's better or was better. I don't know who's who's making them now, but back in the day. So the first time that we saw these was at an ice cream convention in where, Brian? Orlando? Orlando. Yeah. And we just saw them on a table where somebody was, you know, trying to pitch them. And we th- said Magnums. God, who came out with that name? It's horrible. <laughs> we had no I- we had no idea that they were already a real thing. But we saw that and thought, Oh my God! Why not just call them Trojans <laughs> <laughs> and put some lambskin on the outside of it? Great marketing. Okay, the, uh, I really want the Choco Taco. Yeah, I'm, I've never had a Choco Taco, but we what? Do, big gay. There's a big gay ice cream truck story about the Choco I was, Taco. Yeah, while he enjoys a Choco Taco, enjoys in air quotes there. <laughs> Crunch, I, think, it into I think they're actually pretty good. But here's <laughs> a little big gay ice cream Choco Taco story for you. I am pretty sure that to this day, we are the only food truck that's ever been invited to park at the James Beard house. And we did that year one or year two. Two, I think. And we were parked out front and we were kind of like the dessert for what was going on inside. There was a dinner and everything. And everybody who bought a ticket for this seemed to be essentially an Upper East Side 20-something asshole. It was a social scene, just like taking the Jitney out to the Hamptons. Yeah. (laughs) And most everyone was nice. Most everybody was nice, but this guy, apparently we were taking too long to make his salty pimp or something like that, and he looks at us through the window and he says, how long does it take to make a fucking Choco Taco? We just (laughs) stared death at him. I think we probably just turned our backs to him. I, I wanted to say, dude, I'm at the freaking James Beard house making you food, okay? I think I deserve a, a I wanna, place here. I wanted to pelt him with choco, choco tacos. <laughs> if only you'd had some. In so the that freezer. Choco Taco, I've never had one before. And granted, this one has been sitting out on a plate for about three hours. But it's really bad. We find that room temperature ice cream treats, it really sort of brings out the flavor. Well, you know, the warmer ice cream is, the more flavor it has. And this flavor is really kind of repulsive (laughs) but really the great way that the taco part dissolves in your mouth into a horrible aftertaste i really love how they go for that enjoy that what's this pink thing so that's a very classic good humor treat called a strawberry i'm gonna have to eat it off the plate like you're gonna have to lick it off the plate um so that's a strawberry cheesecake bar (laughs) strawberry cheesecake right yeah yeah. and if you wanted to feel gag Oh, wait, oh. does it have, like, the, the It sort of looks like it has fruity pebbles on it. It looks like it has side. pop rocks on it. Yes. It's horrible. Okay. <laughs> Why do you guys hate me? <laughs> oh. This just is the hazing part before we get to the real. So you can't see this, but right now Doug and Meryl are both taking photos of our melted scene. Um, on <laughs> we the plate, which we'll, we'll put on the website for everyone who can't see. The carnage, basically. Mm-hmm. I'll put it on Instagram right now for you, Brian. You can uh, show I'll feel like I'm there. <laughs> well, no, I feel you'll like... feel better. I just ate this stuff. <laughs> I feel like now is a good time since we've been basically trashing all of these lovely ice cream products to so talk about any any sort of nostalgic favorite ice creams that you guys did like. Oh, it's both. Growing the, up. It's the same for both of us. Is it? Mm-hmm. Hot fudge sundays. 
from mm. Tasty Freeze. I love Tasty, Tasty Freeze, Freeze, but I like just giant vanilla cones with chocolate sprinkles, and that's still my go-to. I love giant vanilla cones with rainbow sprinkles. Mm, yeah. Or Jimmy, Jimmy's. Jimmy's, thank you. Sorry. Or in Australia, they're called hundreds of thousands. Hundreds and thousands, yeah. Oh, what? Hundreds and thousands? Hundreds and thousands is Ooh. what I always Oh, that really changes know. it. I think you're right. <laughs> I was always, I always went for the cherry dip, which seems weird and, and, and grossly artificial. Um, but I kind of, I like to gamify things, and I like that it's like, how fast can you get uh, the through the cherry, cone? You just admitted that you're a heroin addict, by the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The cherry dip is the same flavor as Robitussin. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's pretty su- close. It's the sweetest thing on the ice cream truck, and when when you're a, a junkie, you become hypoglycemic. And so when we parked at Union Square, uh, there's a methadone clinic nearby, and we got all sorts of junkies who came to the truck and would be, you know, eyes pinned and look at the menu. And I would say, butterscotch or cherry dip, which are the most repulsively sweet things. And they would always say, yeah. So the, the heroin, the heroin part made me remember about this section in your book where you call out a few different personality types that who should never order their own right. ice cream. And junkies, heroin mm-hmm. addicts are some of them. First timers is another one. Chain so smokers. Why, chain smokers. Mm-hmm. So what do you... Why is that, and what do you tell them to order? Let's see. Chain smokers, usually something spicy, cayenne, we Mm. put on it because their taste buds are kind of burned out. Junkies we just covered. What are the other ones? First-timers. What do you tell first-timers to get? Oh, first, salty pimp, and if they're kids, some parents try to order for their kids. I think that's another one. I remember two ladies and their kid, and she was saying, you know, sweetie, you love Nutella, and you also love olive oil, but what about wasabi pea dust? And the girl just stood there and looked like she was going to start crying. (laughs) So I said, how about a vanilla ice cream cone with lots of sprinkles? And her eyes lit up, and she said, yeah. So come on. Let the let the kids have their simple stuff. It's totally. kind of the best stuff. For the for those listeners who don't know what a salty pimp is, which it would be surprising and, and a huge mistake on their part. It can happens. you describe? Brian? It is a vanilla <laughs> soft serve ice cream comb that we inject with dulce de leche, sprinkle it with sea salt, and then dip the whole thing in chocolate. And the the chocolate dip is been seasoned with salt and a little cayenne, not to make it spicy. And it just gets the runoff of all that dulce de leche over the course of the day. So it actually gets better later mm, in the day. Dulce runoff is, is a phrase I would like to appropriate. <laughs> but the sal- salty pimp makes me think of naming things at, at the shop. I mm. want to talk about you have some really great names for some of your ice creams. You know, the first year we had no idea that people named things. We were such <laughs> idiots. So everything was called like... Oh, the vanilla cone with dulce de leche and crushed vanilla wafers, or the this and the that, and it was just a list of ingredients. The first well, thing it was more topping centric, so right. it was like just a list of toppings, right? Yeah. And what was the first thing we named Brian? Was it B. Arthur or the Choink Witch? I think it was B. Arthur, but that started out being called the Buzzfeed because Buzzfeed <laughs> ran a photo of it, yeah, and, oh. and called it like the the best ice cream. Dessert so how did summer. it evolve to be the be the B Arthur? The BuzzFeed thing was sort of an internal name. People would order the yeah. cone, and Brian would turn to me and turn to me and say, "A BuzzFeed." I keep wanting to say it was Diner Lingo, kill. basically. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. And we knew it needed a real name eventually. And when B Arthur died and left three hundred grand to the Alley Forney Center, we thought. Oh, you know, the cone is golden. It kind of leaves a trail behind it. You know, Maude always wore her shirts that covered her butt. Let's name it B. Arthur. And that was that. Pretty pretty simple. I like it. I loved her. 
She was a tough one. Like 6'3 or something? Maybe I'm making really? that up. Really? That tall? I might oh. be making that up. She was imposing. Yeah, she, she had to have her coffin made by the people who designed uh, the Freedom Tower. <laughs> she was in the Marines. She um, was? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You guys are full of great trivia. She never talked about it, though. I wonder if something bad went down. Mm. I bet something did. My question it, is... It changes you. My question is, what do we need to do to get a Food 52? You have to be dead. We only name oh. cones. We only name cones after dead people. Oh, we have a lot. Do we road. all have to be dead? All of you, oh. and it has to be a bad scene. Gore, Bloody mangles. rivers of gore. <laughs> then I'm sensing some cherry death. Then you get your precious cone. <laughs> um, so the big the big gay ice cream was also a placeholder name, right? That and that sort of just stuck. Can you tell us the origin story of the name of your the your business? Mm-hmm. Basically. Doug was able to get this ice cream truck from a depot and we would rent it on a daily basis. And that was secured in January of 2009. And we spent the whole first six months preparing to go out. So that meant getting a sales tax certification, getting our mobile food vending uh, license. All the sexy uh, stuff. Yeah, really, All the really, really fun great. stuff. Mm-hmm. Menu planning. So we would do things like have taste testing parties for our friends where we would give them all these different things to try on ice cream and and let us know what they thought about it. But the one thing that that corresponds to the name is that we started a social media presence. And that was something that was brand new. I think neither of us at the time were even on Facebook. And Doug thought it was important to get a Twitter account for the business. And so so he started... Or no, he must have been on Facebook because he started this blog and then made an offhanded comment on Facebook to his friends. Hey, I got a big gay ice cream truck. I'm going to start posting about it over the summer here on my blog. Follow along so, if you want. Yeah, we didn't have a name at the time. And it was kind of like, well, there's your name. You know, you don't have to think much farther than that. So we went to a friend of ours, uh, Jason, who is our now our he designed our book. And Jason he, designed the whole uh, of he, – he's designed our entire look. And yeah. He, he came up with this logo for us. And once we had this cone logo and Big Gay Ice Cream truck written on it, now Big Gay Ice Cream, it all just stuck. And that was that. There's another yeah. iconic image you're known for, and it's the unicorn. Oh, yeah. What's the story behind that? Well, we needed a, a focal point for our first shop and had the idea of doing a mural inside. And what I really wanted was B. Arthur as a minotaur. But we thought that was a little advanced for the the time, and we decided a unicorn vaulting the um, counter would work really well. And the guy we hired to paint it, a guy named Sam Simon, is basically addicted to Swarovski crystals. You know, he like rolls around in them and snorts them, puts them in terrible, terrible places. So he put thousands of Swarovski crystals on this damned unicorn. He and an, an assistant had pencils, and they would dab the pencil in glue, dab it onto a Swarovski crystal, and then dab it onto the mural, and then repeat, repeat, repeat for three days. So that's kind of how the unicorn imagery was birthed, and now everyone... And bedazzled. Oh, whenever there is any kind of story about a unicorn or a new t-shirt with a unicorn or anything, I get it tweeted at me from all angles. It kind of makes me crazy. (laughs) The, The funny thing about the mural is that when Sam gave us the budget, the proposal for for this, he <laughs> accounted, I think, 
2,000 Swarovski crystals, but he ended up putting over 6,000 on it. I remember him saying, we just can't stop. We can't stop. I, you guys, I need a couple hundred more bucks for more crystals. It really was like he was a meth really addict. Really an addict. Yeah. What a kook. He's a good guy. So I do want to get to this point of ice cream and and whether or not it can get too weird. I know there's been like a hmm. there's been a lot of new ice cream shops popping up and they do some really crazy things on our weird food podcast um, a couple episodes ago we talked about strawberry and olive ice cream which is a famous Humphrey's Slocum flavor and and my question is for for you guys do you think that ice cream can get too weird do you think that people can go too far a lot of ice cream flavors it seems like are just publicity stunts you know um, various meats and, and like God you know ribs in their in their ice cream and stuff like that I really hate meat ice creams. They all just taste like grease to me. What about lobster ice cream? I've got to ask you. Oh, since no, you're from you. Maine. No, thank you. I do. I have had lobster popcorn, but lobster ice cream is a no-go. Have you ever had it? Uh, I don't know. I, don't I have. It. And I, I didn't want it either, but I was convinced. You, I dared to try that. it. Yeah. Oh, I would but try it. But I will tell you. I was surprised. I won't. I won't say I enjoyed it, but I was not as repulsed as I thought I would be because of the sweetness of the lobster. Now, all these things are worth a taste. Yeah, but a cone of them? No. 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 That's true. Have you ever had anything that you thought was going to be totally disgusting, but surprised you and went the other direction? Well, one time we made beet soft serve when when our mm. first shop was new, and I loved it. I did too. It was great. It was great. Uh, Brian and I both ate it, you know, the entire week that we uh, had it for sale. But I think we only sold two cones of it. It just was a complete dud. And we realized that people don't want beet ice cream in an ice cream shop. They would have it for dessert, you know, at mm-hmm. a at a, re- at a good restaurant. But they're not uh, going to an ice yeah. cream shop to get beet ice cream. Plus, when beet ice cream, which is kind of pink, comes out of the soft serve machine, it look, looks a little bit like that meat that goes into Chicken McNuggets. Oh, yeah. gross. <laughs> Not <Neat>. the greatest. <laughs> um, what about things like, what about vegan ice cream? Do you believe in vegan ice cream? It doesn't exist. I don't believe in it. <laughs> it it's a unicorn. It can ice cream by definition. I'm, I'm being a stickler to the rules with that. Oh, uh, there's almond milk and things like that. So, yeah. Do you get asked for substitutes in the shop? Yeah. I, I don't mind vegan ice cream. It's just not exactly ice cream. But all the time people ask us for... You know, just low do a, fat. Yeah. Oh, low fat or vegan. Mm. And soft serve machines have to be calibrated really kind of particular. They're very meticulous. And you can't just swap in a different formulation. I can't just make something out of almond milk and put it in the soft serve machine and expect it to work. I would have to reset a lot of stuff. So it, it's not going to happen at the shops. It could happen in, in a book, you know, a recipe, but not at the shops. Early on in the truck days, we had some guy come up to us and and he said, what do you have that's low fat? And I said, T-shirts. <laughs> we also had the guy who came at us about being vegan. And when we said we didn't do anything vegan, he went to every blog and message board and slammed us in the comments. It was so mm-hmm. For not having vegan options. Yeah. Yeah. How can you be the that big gay productive. ice cream truck and not have vegan options? Like, what, what? the hell does that have to do with anything? <laughs> <I> <laughs> How mean... can you be the big gay ice cream truck and not have cheeseburgers? <laughs> Fair <laughs> doesn't question. Make any sense? <laughs> so I'm sure. I mean, you're swimming in stories from the truck, and I'm just curious if you have any favorite favorite stories, favorite customers. You have this really great story in your book about a woman coming to 
get confidence ice cream at your truck before she breaks up with her boyfriend. She actually changes her clothes while yeah. she's ordering Brian, to like Brian look was sexier. In, Brian was in the window watching that whole thing go down. Yeah. Yeah, this was in the East Village. Uh, we were at First Avenue. No, sorry, A and 13. And I don't know, it was like a Friday night. It was 10 o'clock and, and she shows up. She's in office attire and she was looking good in her office attire, but then it all just started coming off. <laughs> yeah, and, and she she just started taking it off, and she had a garbage, uh, not a garbage bag, she had a, a brown paper bag with her of stuff. And over the course of stripping, she told us that, yeah, this stuff is my soon-to-be ex-boyfriend's possessions that were in my apartment, and I am bringing them to his workplace, and I am dumping him. And I want to look great. And I want to look great. And she needed a Monday, Sunday to give her the strength to do it, to go through with it. Wow. It was really the kind of thing where she was pulling down her shirt to change her pants. And then she reached up and took off her bra and put on, you know, four inch <laughs> heels. It was really, it was like she was changing into Wonder Woman. <laughs> so if I ever need extra confidence, I need to go and order a Monday, Sunday. I used to get, this is probably TMI, but office mates used to come down for Monday, Sundays, always clusters of women. And one day I just called them out and I said, you're all synchronized, aren't you? And you all want Nutella right now. And they're like, <laughs> yep, we are. <laughs> it was great. Um, okay, this is a self-serving question. You you told me, I was reading I was reading through your book, and you told me to grate cheddar cheese on chocolate ice cream. Is that real? Is that actually good? Should I? <laughs> I'm like, I'm kind of scared, and I'm scared to be angry at you once I take a bite of that and, and really strongly dislike it. It's actually not bad. It's good. I like it. <laughs> not bad. Uh, not bad. It's, it's a ringing it's, endorsement. It's better with the cherries in it, too, mm-hmm. not just cheese on chocolate. That's funny. It it. That originated with Jane Weedland from the Go-Go's, who was born in Wisconsin. And she said, I want you to do something called, I want you to name it Jane's Crazy Thing, uh, <laughs> like the Jetsons. Mm-hmm. And I want it to be dark chocolate with sharp cheddar cheese. And then we tried the cherries in it. She actually, Jane actually came to the store one day, and we gave her a big cutting block and some knives, which is a mistake. And she screwed <laughs> around with the ice cream. And that's how we discovered that, yeah, the cherries and cheddar on chocolate actually is pretty good. All right, I'll try it. Yeah, convinced. Just, I think we should try it at the office. Or just or take an, uh, a slice of American cheese and put a big scoop on top of it. Wrap it up. <laughs> pop it in your mouth. <laughs> Yikes. Yikes. Delightful. Um, so that's it for this episode of Burnt Toast. Our producer today is Tim Einenkel. Thanks also to Laura Mayer and Andy Bowers at Panoply. Please let us know what you think of the show. Our Twitter address is at Food52, and you can email us at editors at food52.com. If you like the show, tell everyone you know and subscribe to us on iTunes. For Doug Quint, Brian Petroff, and Meryl Stubbs, I'm Kenzie Wilbur. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening. <laughs>